This is the Audi Podcast here on Modern Retro Radio. Been doing more interviews lately because I've just been coming in contact with a lot of interesting people. As I've said many times on this station, uh, what's going on around us is very troubling, very concerning. There is an agenda out there, whether you want to admit it or not, and it's going to affect all of us. Uh, from central banking digital currency to the NWO agenda to the 15-minute city agenda. Oh, excuse me, the Freedom City agenda. <laughs> Sorry, Trump lovers, I got it wrong. And uh, so we're just going to talk about it. I've been I've interviewed uh, a lot of people who I call part of my DK fam, the David Knight fam. Uh, I've uh, become friends with some independent independent content creators from Jason Barker, Angry Tiger, and Angus Mustang. And now I'm talking to uh, someone who we all know mutually. This is someone who is in the trenches. Uh, this is uh, someone who is who works in the medical industry and is seeing firsthand what the COVID agenda has resulted in. And uh, we call him affectionately Handy. Uh, he earned that nickname because of something he got caught doing in a men's room once, but that's another story. That's a joke. That's a joke. That's a terrible joke. I'm just trying to lighten the mood, man. <laughs> no, but seriously, say hello to uh, my new friend, Handy. Hey, man. Hi, Audi. Man. Maybe, uh, just, just to set the record straight, I got my nickname because I had a handyman business back before COVID. Wow. Okay, so you were once in the military, medical professional, uh, self-employed handyman man does do the surprises ever end with you i love it well it was a necessity i don't have the money to pay someone to uh, fix my house so uh, i learned it myself i hear you oh before we get started man that picture that you texted me of that uh uh was it your father or grandfather's uh gibson guitar oh that was my father's man it, it just it, it I can tell just from condition of the wood, even though it's old, uh, you could tell it was built right, you know. Oh, it's a beautiful sounding guitar. Um, after uh, after the interview, we uh, we need to get together and uh, figure out what strings to get for that guitar. Actually, that's not a bad idea, and uh, I won't say where you live, but you know we don't live too far away, so we may have I may have to do a road trip one day, and we can pick and grin a little bit. Absolutely. Okay. And uh, folks, also, uh, speaking of Jason Barker, J Jason's going to be joining us later uh, in this very interview. So all three of us are going to talk and, and have a good time. And let's, uh, where do you want to start with? Let's just get right into it. Um, you uh, work in the medical industry profession. Uh -huh. And once the COVID uh, agenda rolled out, once the Operation Warp Speed vaccine rolled out, that's uh -huh. when you began to notice things, and then you began to document your experiences. Is that basically how it started? Well, let me let me backtrack a little. Right. Um, let me give you a little history. Um, so my personal history with the medical field, um, I was working for State Farm uh, Insurance Company back in uh, from right around 2001 to 2004. In that range, while I was there, um, I got interested in um, the medical field. You know, I had a coworker whose brother was going through EMT school, so he talked me into going to uh, EMT school with uh, one of the other guys in the mailroom. So, uh, long story short, I ended up getting my EMT license in 2005. I started volunteering on a volunteer fire department in 2004 while I was going through school. Mm -hmm. um, so then, uh, while I was working as a firefighter EMT, I went and put myself through paramedic school. So I obtained that licensure in 2008, January 2008, and I have been a full-time um, paramedic. I left the fire service in 2008 after I got my paramedic license and went strictly ambulance service, and that's what I've been doing ever since and i've been working in a high volume system in a large city mm -hmm. um so so yes I, I have a very good baseline for what was normal all the way up until yeah. 2020 um when 2020 hit uh, there was an interesting thing happened um you know i just prior to 2020 my dad 
passed away with cancer and I went part-time to take care of him mm-hmm. and I just never went back full-time on the ambulance however um, because of staffing issues I can pick up as many hours as I like so what that's done is put me in a very special position where I get to work with a different partner all the time so I get to pick their brain about what they've seen mm-hmm. so not only the stuff that I've seen I get to ask other people in the business what have they seen you know and, and it's left up to interpretation sometimes you know some of the people believe what they saw was a pandemic some you know most don't um and I'm, I'm in the crowd that doesn't believe that and i'll tell you why um in 2020 i was sent home numerous shifts because we had such a low call volume in 2020 which was unbelievable to me because when I would go home and turn on the TV, you know, and I'm surfing the internet, I'm looking at all these news stories about this pandemic and all these, yeah. you know, yeah, these all these uh, scary, scary headlines, scary headlines, the sky is falling, all of that. Correct. You know, but when I would go back to work, none of that was happening at work. And the shifts that I was allowed to stay and actually work, you know, the few calls that we would get when we go to the hospital, these, these ERs, they were mostly empty. You know, the, all, the, all the ERs had put up these big white tents in front of the ER for show. And I say it's for show because I actually went up and looked inside of all these tents. There was nothing in there. They were completely empty. There was nothing there. As well as uh, compounded by the fact that uh, we were freaking out over a, a supposed virus that was never isolated. So if it's not isolated, how do we know it exists? Well, that, that's a good point. Um, you know, in, in my situation, I'm going by um, signs and symptoms, what I see. But the problem is nobody was calling with signs and symptoms. Now, <clears throat> let me go a step further. Um, and, and this has come out in, in some other circles. But, you know, we were ordered to withhold any treatments that would create aerosols so if you think about somebody with asthma you know albuterol is one of the first line medications that we give we we give it nebulized which is atomized and we were ordered to withhold that well what's that going to do for somebody with asthma you're right um you know so you take these people to the hospital why 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 do you think they mandated for y'all to withhold that I mean, why do you think? Well, the reason was, I asked specifically, and the reason given was, if we create aerosols, we're going to spread the virus. So it's safer not to provide these aerosolized treatments uh, or any treatment that would create aerosols. You know, it didn't happen. I'll tell you this. It didn't happen in my market, but there were other markets that were ordered to withhold airway support during CPR. So compressions only. So compressions only, uh, electrical therapy, which would be defibrillation, or um, pharmaceutical therapy, epinephrine, um, you know, adenosine, or or is it possible that aerosols any, any of those medications? Or is it possible that aerosols would have actually stopped the bioweapon or the the airborne whatever it was that was out there? Well, you know, again, what was what we saw. Um, a virus or was it our normal flu that we see every year you know it just exacerbated by not treating these people or sending them home and telling them to wait until it gets worse then I, come back see a lot of people say that it was just the flu or just a cold uh or some people say that it didn't exist at all i think something was definitely out there and i think it was uh, a lab engineered bioweapon uh through gain of function authorized by Anthony Fauci made in a Chinese lab and it was released on us and uh-huh. suddenly flu the flu numbers disappeared but I think the reason that's what I think it is is because there are a lot of people who've had the flu myself included uh, when they say well this was more than just a flu this was different because it really played a number on the respiratory system for a lot of people and, and uh-huh. it just was not just a typical flu so let's just agree something was out there you know okay fair enough fair enough Mm -hmm. and but at the same time you know i've got i've got friends at the gym that that make the same claim and hey you know i can't prove there wasn't that's fine but 
I asked them, well, how bad was it? You know, what, what happened? And, you know, by and large, most of them, you know, it was, oh, it was, oh, it was uh, like a really bad cold or it was a really bad flu. And they uh, all got over it. The only people who died were the people who were uh, admitted to the hospitals and should not have been. Yeah. Well, that's where I was going with this. Um, mm-hmm. When we were, you know, I'm on the front line. You know, if you die, if you die at home, um, they usually send us. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're mm-hmm. in cardiac arrest, even I've been sent even to a cardiac arrest that happened 30 minutes ago. Um, we get there and pronounce death. Uh, that's just the way the system works. Uh, there's certain things that, that happen. And one of them is they, they'll call for a medical professional to go out there. What I do is I'll go out there, put a cardiac monitor on somebody, verify that they're in a systole. There's no signs of life. There's, you know, I'll look for things like um, dependent lividity, which is pooling of the blood in, in the lower parts of the body. When, once your heart stops, the blood immediately starts to pool. Hmm. Um, and you start basically it looks like a bruise on the lower parts of the body. You know, yeah. say you're laying on your back, your whole backside will be bruised. I mean, that's stuff we look for. Obvious signs of death. And then I will call whatever attending ER physician is at the local hospital, tell them what I have, and the doctor will actually, you know, make the the call. They'll they'll call time of death over the phone, and I document that. I hmm. give that to the police. They document it. And that's that's typically how we document death at home. And uh, you saw a uh, you did not see an increase in this uh, during when the when supposedly everyone was dropping like flies from COVID, right? I did not, and right. that's that is a troubling thing. Is whatever whatever happened did not happen at home. It happened inside the walls of a lot of these hospitals. That's my, that's what I saw. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, and. Uh, so we don't run too long to get Jason on. Let's fast forward to basically what you're seeing today. Okay. Um, what I'm seeing today, what we still have, we still have um, occasionally young people unexplained, um, sudden cardiac events. And young, you mean arrest. under 30, under 20? Um, I personally have seen um, one 17-year-old um, I've seen a 38-year-old. I've seen, heck, I had four co-workers, um, one, one 50 years old, one 48, one 45, one 32. And they all um, died suddenly. They just died for, I mean, only one of those four had pre-existing medical, extenuating medical conditions that I'm aware of. Um, and then the fifth and co-worker had a massive stroke at 35 years old and he's uh, paralyzed on one side nonverbal he's he'll never be right again oh my god now you know those all happened we were mandated where i work let's see they mandated us in november of 2021 they pushed it back to december of 2021 and then january 18th of 2022 and all of these co-workers that that passed away happened after that mandate yeah now now did they take the shot i can't verify i've asked they won't tell us but you know i i've worked a long time you know i'm 40 i'm i'm 40 plus years old i'm i'm mid 40s and i've worked in this business for a long long time and i've never seen that before never had anything like that happen now it, it seemed like about two months ago they were trying to prepare us for another round of all this. You know, they always use the media to, to talk up uh, that uh, the, the COVID virus may return and we may have to do mass mandates again. And, and so it seemed like they talked it up, but it was a big flop because yes. nothing's happened. <laughs> so, and they also so got Henry, 2% compliance. So Atlanta, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Audi. Let me. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, here in Atlanta, Emory, um, I've withheld names for several years during all this, but I'll go ahead and and put out, Emory was the one that um, held on to their mask mandates the longest. They were the most militant with their mask mandates. They were the ones who actually called and had security escort me from the building in front of my patient 
because I refuse to wear the mask. Oh, my sweet God. Yeah. So, so tell me, you know, what does that do to your confidence in your EMS worker when the hospital is, is escorting them from the building? And, and the thing is, two, a year and a half before, you were all heroes. You were all frontline heroes. <laughs> and now yeah. uh, when nurses and other medical professionals don't want to uh, either play in these reindeer games, and then suddenly now they're, uh, y'all are the reason that grandma is, is dying. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, so I did not you know, know you Amber, went through Amber that. was the one that tried to bring the mask mandate back a couple months ago here locally. And, and it was a flop. Uh, the patient said no. EMS workers finally said no. Um, at the first round of all this, I was one of the only, I only knew of two of us, me and one other guy that consistently said no. I'm not doing it. And that's in United Noncompliance, folks. P- people listen to the station. I know this station is mainly about music, and you guys don't really come here for that, but you have to understand that United Compliance you, excuse me, United Noncompliance is how we win. Things don't have to get bloody in the streets. They would love nothing more than that, but it's simple. Don't comply. And as I've heard David Knight say before, the face mask is the modern-day dunce cap. <laughs> how I put it, to me, wearing a, especially people who wear a mask on their chin, they don't even wear it over their nose and mouth. They wear it on their chin. To me, that is a very sad commentary because it's showing that you are a coward and that you are afraid. It's not showing that you're making an informed health decision. If it were a health, informed health decision, it wouldn't be on your face in the first place because, folks, you, uh, there's nothing healthy about inhaling your own carbon dioxide. You want to give yourself bacterial pneumonia? Wear a mask all the time. And if you do wear one, you're supposed to change them out every 20 minutes because of all the gunk and yuck that's on it. So that means when the person who works at the, uh, at the Walmart or the grocery store who's ringing up your apples and your oranges and your grapes has on a mask all day, they've probably been wearing that thing for eight hours when they should have changed it out every 20 minutes. That's what I'm trying to make clear to people about that. So what do you want to add to that, Handy? Well, not only that, you know, these, these same people would go and hang the thing on their rearview mirror, and you would see them driving around, <laughs> driving around with their mask on the rearview mirror if it wasn't on their face while they're driving by themselves. But, you know, and, you know, and then they take this mask that is already filthy, and they put it back on their face, yeah. you know. Even, even Fauci did a study back in 2005 that said, Hey, back in the Spanish flu, it really wasn't so much the flu. It was bacterial pneumonia that killed all these people because they kept wearing these cloth masks. They They were filthy. And it says on the box that it doesn't protect you from COVID. So, people, we're not being crazy conspiracy theorists. We're just, well, we're listening to the real science. We're just listening to the real science. Um, But uh, so... I know what it's like to be in the environment of a major uh, corporate hospital set- setting because I've gone with my mother. My mother has um, multiple myeloma, so she goes to Vanderbilt University quite a bit. Uh-huh. And the last time I went, I said, I'm just not going to play this game anymore wearing this mask and shit because they made me, you know, put on a mask. And, and only because I didn't want to embarrass my mother, I went ahead and did it. But, I t- but that was the last time that happened. In uh-huh. fact, and my mother, unfortunately, believes the COVID narrative, so she does, she does all that. But, you know, I'm not going to argue with my mother, but uh, I'm supposed to go with her to another appointment, and uh, I'm just going to just make sure she gets there, but I'm not going to go in because uh, I'm, I'm putting my foot down on this mask bullshit. So, uh-huh. uh, well, that's, you're right, noncompliance. Just say no. I mean, that was the, that was the campaign in the 80s with drugs. <laughs> just say no. Yeah, and it's funny how the Reagan administration there, they were behind Just Say No, but yet they want to bring in all the cracks, crack to all the neighborhoods. It's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, we're going to take a quick pause. Don't worry, Handy's not going anywhere. So I was just telling before we got started how I missed that uh, charming Georgia accent, you know. But uh, we're going to get another friend uh, from Missouri on the line, and all three of us are going to talk. And uh, so, folks, just stand by. We'll be right back with the Audi the classic rock stations on mainstream radio may be keeping the legends rich, but at Modern Retro Radio, we're keeping them relevant. Keep it locked here on Modern Retro Radio.
And we are back here on the Audi Podcast, and I am joined by a guy that y'all just heard on my station in a great interview just like a week or two ago, and he is back. So all three of us are here. So myself, Audi, Handy, who you guys have been uh, hearing for the last half hour, and now our mutual good friend, Mr. Jason Barker. Welcome back, Jason. Howdy, howdy. Hey, how you doing, Audi? Good to be back. Thank you for agreeing to do this. Uh, I really kind of want all three of us to just kind of bounce off of each other. So uh, I'll just uh, catch you up. So uh, Jason, Handy and I have noticed that we were supposed to be in another pandemic now. And it seemed like that campaign was a, a complete, complete failure, a, a total flop. What do you do? You agree with that? Uh, I, I think it was, but I think it was actually a test as well. Um, Take a look. If you look at Event 201, uh, which in the sparse pandemic documents, you'll see that that was kind of the lead up to the plan, the execution phase of the plan. And then if you look at the latest one they did, which is catastrophic contagion, the takeaways from that were actually basically uh, on how to do more enforcement at a, a global level. And uh, so I, I think we're going to see another one, but they've got to get this, uh, I forget what it's called. There's like a, a WHO, World Health Organization Treaty. Are they still uh, they, trying to make that a thing? Are they still trying to do that? Yes, absolutely they are. Uh, <sighs> and that, that's what they want to do is make it uh, so, so they're, they're in the phase right now on it where um, countries that are part of the WHO can still opt out. But by not opting out, you're basically, by default, you're opted in. Now, so folks, they're waiting for that. And let me just educate my audience for those who don't know, because I've, I probably have a lot of normies who listen. Ain't nothing wrong with that, because, you know, they, they come to Modern Retro Radio for music. But, folks, though, this World Health Organization treaty that Jason is mentioning, uh, James Rogusky has covered this in infinite detail for those who, if you really want to do your homework. But basically, what they're trying to accomplish at the World Health Organization, which, by the way, is Bill Gates' pet, pet project, because he pretty much funds the whole fucking thing. But I digress. They basically want to nullify uh, constitutions in all countries in the name of a public health crisis. So if there's an emergency, a health emergency, then your country's constitution is null and void. That's what these people are trying to accomplish. Yeah. Oh, and they also get the, um, they get the latitude to redefine everything. So they can say, you know, two cases could be a pandemic if they wanted to go that far with it. And if you look at it on a for an American to understand it, you can kind of look at it whereas each state uh, each state has their own response and stuff like that. And then back around 2000 or so, 2001, they, they released, uh, the, the federal government released like a model state health emergency do like do documentation and sent it out. And the states, it just kind of like let them save some time. And yeah, we're just going to use this. So they kind of federalized, uh, federalized the national response. And, you know, that's not set in stone for each state. They can still do what they want to do. But if you think of it on that scale, that's kind of what, like, the if you want to believe in, like, the New World Order or the World Health Organization or the global groups out there, they want to be able to do that as if they were the federal government and the countries were the states to be able to control what each country does. Yeah. So well, that's kind of how it goes, yeah. Yeah, fuck that shit. Pardon me. <laughs> right. This is Internet Radio. We can say what we want. Uh, well, Jason, before we got you on... Uh, Handy brought something to my attention that I was not aware of. Were you aware about him uh, not complying with the mask mandate at his job and him being removed by security? Yes, we talked about that, yeah. You uh, went through... I didn't know they removed him. I just know they always kind of like uh, told him that he had to like get out of there. I mean, was, there was there a bigger incident that I didn't know about? Oh, well, I don't know. If they, I'm not, I didn't mean to imply that they like roughed him up or anything like that. I, okay. <laughs> so. they, good luck. Handy, uh, uh, he's kind of handy with... Uh, rough people up so handy what did you do that day uh and what changed uh, after that you know so so i allowed security i didn't put up a fight you know i just refused to wear the mask um so the security officer i asked him because he was wearing his mask down below his nose of course <laughs> right but but i asked him i said do you really think that that mask is, is protecting you from anything Right. And he, he told me, he said, that's not the issue. I said, well, what's the issue? He goes, I just enforced the rules. I said, okay. And uh, I said, well, I'm not going to put it on. He says, well, you got to get out. you got to leave. So he actually walked me to the back door, you know, the ambulance entrance where we come in. 
and walked me outside. And then he went back inside. I waited a couple minutes. I punched in the door code and came right back in. And, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> and I stood... I stood in the hallway behind my stretcher, you know, where he couldn't see where I was at. So I didn't truly leave my patient. Of course, my partner was there too. But, um, but yeah, I, I'm not complaining. Were, you, were they basically close. threatening to fire you? Uh, yes, I've been threatened multiple times um, oh, man. to be fired. And, and, you know, what's funny. Well, why <laughs> haven't they done it? Why haven't they done it? Um. I don't know. You know, I've been there. I've been with the same company for, well, since 2008. Um, we've been bought and sold by different places, but the same management, the same employees, um, the same core group. I've been with them for since 2008. So, you know, that may have played a part in it. Um, now, my immediate supervisor did pull me to the side and, and uh, tell me that this company policy was to wear a mask at all times, in the ambulance, out of the ambulance. Um, and I told him, I politely said, uh, no, <laughs> yeah. no, thank you. I'm not, I'm not doing that. And he said, uh, well, his, his rationale was, well, the company wouldn't spend all this money. They're spending a lot of money on these masks. They wouldn't do it if they didn't want us to wear them. I said, well, first of all, that money was mask. given to them by Trump. It's not their money that Trump gave them all that money. Yeah. Good point. But I, but I told him, I said, well, great. Then you wear mine. Because I'm not wearing it. And <laughs> wow. well, the funny thing, the funny thing about this particular day, he told me, he said, we got drive cams in our, in the cabs of our ambulances. If we ever have any kind of issues, like heartbreaking, accident, whatever, it'll record everything going on inside and outside the ambulance for, you know, it's on a, like an eight track. It, it's constantly recording. Um, so anyway, <laughs> that day he told me, he said, Hey, if I catch you on this, you do what you want to do, but if I catch you on this camera and not wearing a mask, we'll have a different conversation. I said, okay. So later that day, we got T-bone. <laughs> huh. so, so there I was on video cam, not wearing my mask. My partner was, but I wasn't, and nothing ever happened. So, right. you know, I, I, my advice to everyone out there is, like you said, non-compliance. Yep. Be polite, but just say no. Yeah. You don't have to. I'm going with my mother to have some uh, surgery on uh, one of her feet. It's a smaller facility. Um, and so I'm the last time I went with her when she had similar work done, you know, we went to the entrance and the nurse or whoever it was, uh, the intake person put this uh, laser beam on my forehead to take my, take my temperature to make sure, you know, and I just felt, God, this is so absurd, you know, so. Uh-huh. I think what I'm just going to do is just make sure my mother gets there, but I'm not going in. And um, and I actually want to tell both of you, I don't know if I've ever told either one of you this, but I actually went with my mother to another one of her uh, appointments. This is her. Uh, my mother's been living with uh, multiple myeloma for about 20 years. Women, females on my grandmother's side of the family all seem to end up with multiple, multiple myeloma. And my grandmother lived well into her 80s, so it's something you can't live with. So... So Vanderbilt has been, they've done a good job of uh, keeping my mother and my grandmother alive. Uh, however, uh, the vaccine came up one time when I was at uh, my mother's appointment. And the doctor, her doctor, tried every guilt trip in the book to try and convince me to take this thing. She was talking about how, well, I think we just lost the fourth person on my floor alone this week, you know, and and again, because I didn't want to embarrass my mother, I bit my tongue. But what I wanted to say was, well, did y'all give them the, the, the Fauci protocols or not? Did you put them on remdesivir? Did you put them on a ventilator? If so, that's what killed them. But uh -huh. I didn't want to go there. So I'm I'm just wondering, how's it going to go? You know, I just don't know. Because I'm at the point now where I don't even care if I embarrass my mother. If I don't want the fucking vaccine, I don't want the fucking vaccine. Correct. You know, I feel like here's, here's a question. Yeah. Here's a question I would have asked. Oh, the fourth person this week, really? Were they jabbed? Because they never tell you that. They never say the fourth unvaccinated person. That's a very good point. Well, I do know and that some that. hospitals were treating vaxxed people one way and unvaxxed another. Yeah, that's true. So, well, you know, Audi, I, I saw that in person. I had a, I had a, uh, um, 
early 50-year-old male having an active MI, heart attack. Um, I took him to one of these facilities, one of these hospitals, and as we pull up onto the ambulance dock, he goes into V-fib, cardiac arrest, you know? So quick defibrillation, he already had the pads on him because I was anticipating that. That that happens. Yeah. Um, so quick defibrillation, he comes right back. But the problem was when we get in the ER, instead of bypassing the ER like we typically do, um, we were held in the ER to get him a COVID test. And, you know, that's why. Wow. Uh, well, where do you see this going forward? Where do you see all this headed? Uh, do you think that's why suddenly now uh, we are funding uh, in a, a yet another illegal war? Do you feel like they're just... Uh, have released the, the the Kraken because the COVID agenda has been such a failure and so many people have figured out that they were lied to by people that they trusted. Do you think that's why things are uh, so chaotic now? You know, you know uh, Audi, now that you mention it, and I've been talking about this, the, the stuff that's going on over in Israel and stuff, um, where you're forced to like choose a side, even though you may not even know what's going on over there. You know, people don't have a background in it. They don't know anything about it, but they're going to pick a side based off of very limited information. And as this is going on, there's a lot of things happening in the background. And one of them is this, you know, World Health Organization treaty they're pushing because right. people don't know what's happening. So, yeah, I mean, if it's not, I'm not going to say they're they're getting involved in a war um, to do this, but they're definitely going to use the war as a distraction to push through stuff to get around, you know, the voluntary. You know, I, I don't want to comply. I don't want to comply. Well, guess what? Now it's the law. Yeah. And well, when did that happen? Oh, you were too busy, you know, picking a side over, you know, the, the big game over there. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. That. Th that, <laughs> well, see, there's been blowback from that as well, because they just thought, as usual, that if the media tells us that Israel's the good guy, that we're just going to suddenly believe them. Uh, when really now everybody knows that the, the villains in this is Israel and Hamas and both sides are being funded by the deep state. <laughs> And everybody knows that Israel is committing war crimes by blowing up uh, hospitals, multiple hospitals, uh, blowing up refugee camps. So the whole world now knows that, yes, Israel is, is the bad guy here. And as I've said before, criticizing Israel is not criticizing Jews. They're not even the real Jews in Israel, folks. These are Zionists. And they were created in 1948 by the Rothschilds for this ultimate NWO agenda that they have. There's nothing anti-Semitic about that. Um, but, and I also think that's why we've been seeing all these freakazoids, all these uh, drag queens, and all these uh, trannies. And it seems like they're just doing everything they can to try and keep us distracted, to make us forget what they did to us in 2020. Hey, Audi. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, the excess death rate is still 20% here in America. I mean, that's, that is above the five-year running average. Um, and, and me and Jason have gone over this. Jason's done a, a great graph on it, um, a line graph that shows. Jason, explain that graph to us. Okay, so we were looking at excess deaths, which you would expect to see during a pandemic. Right. And like Candy said, excess being, um, you know, for the last five years, we've had this many thousand deaths per capita, you know, per 100,000 people. Um, we expect to see this in the next five, but oh my gosh, they, they just spiked up. And they, they blamed that on COVID, of course, you know. But now um, there was a database in handy. I don't remember what was the name. Can you remember the name of that database you found and sent me? No. Keep talking. I'll find it. Oh, okay. So, yeah, he sent, a, he sent a database that I was unaware of. This isn't the DMEDs for the military, and it isn't the uh, the VAERS. But we, we got in there, and they, you know, they, they showed the excess mortality rate. Um, and then they showed the COVID death rate. Uh, and, and I said, well, you know, what's missing here is what's not COVID. Right. So we went ahead and, and plotted it out in an Excel spreadsheet, just took their raw numbers. Yeah. And this was just for 2023 um, to look at the, you know, it's by week number. Okay. So we plotted it out and you say, okay, these are all the excess deaths. And you think, oh man, the COVID's still kicking. Then, well, then you show the COVID deaths next to it. You say, well, the COVID deaths have gone down to almost nil. And then you show the, you do the simple math, you know, and say, okay, so these excess deaths are not COVID. What are those? And there is no explanation for that. And they're, and they're pretty much, it's almost like all of the excess deaths now are non-COVID related. And, you know, I would say 
look at what's changed in the last few years, and that's your answer. It, it, are they going to say that the, the the lower COVID deaths is because of the vaccine saving lives? No, no, it's it's just COVID's gone away, or they've the hospitals didn't get paid to get that clinical diagnosis, or you know they're not playing the game anymore. Maybe they're not getting the money anymore, so there's no need to put COVID on that death certificate. Uh, so they just put something else. They could put cardiac arrest. They could put uh, you know blunt force trauma. Whatever the case may be. They put it, but it's more than what we've had typically. So right. are these people, uh, in other words, are they passing out on their motorcycle? They used to say, you know, they pass out on your motorcycle and hit a wall at 90. They would call it a COVID death. Right. Now they're not calling that a COVID death. So, but, but we still have excess deaths. So what's causing, what's changed in the last two or three years? Okay. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what they're not saying. So, okay. That's okay. So okay, Jason. Yes. All right, Jason, this, that came, that data came from the OECD.org. Um, yes. It uh, stands for the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. And it, it covers, I think, 16 or 17 different countries and their excess death rates. Yeah, and we only looked at the, uh, this is the interesting thing. What, what's the guy's name that does the YouTube videos? That would um, be John, uh, John Campbell. Yeah, that's it, John Campbell. So John Campbell did a really good report on it, and he looked at all the different countries. The same, we only looked at the United States, mm-hmm. and, um, and and he didn't break it down and do what we did. He didn't do the math and say, okay, he just looked at, at overall uh, excess deaths. But then, if if you went a step further and said, okay, let's subtract the COVID out of it because they're going to try and say it's COVID. That's what they always do, so they could push more jabs. Okay, so let's erase what you say is COVID. Get rid of those. Well, you still have excess deaths. So what is that? Right. But then you take a look at and he went through multiple countries and all the countries that were heavily vaccinated were extremely high excess death rates. Almost every by week, by week, by week, there was hardly any in the negatives. They were all in the positives. Uh, but then you go to other countries that aren't vaccinated and they don't have that problem. Yep. Some of them were even on, on a like doing better as far as excess deaths. They didn't have, had less than expected. So that's just something to look at if you're trying to look for a, a common root cause of excess deaths. You know, you can look at different countries and what they've done and, uh, you know, find out who's doing what's right. It, you know, I'm not going to say anything here on your on your show. I'm just saying use some common sense, put two and two together. And uh, it's not that hard to see what the problem is here. Well, then what what do both of y'all think is the the reason that we got only two percent compliance with the latest booster is because people know information like what you just shared or they're just exhausted from this? I think they're exhausted. Uh, I don't think people know this information. We don't have a humongous audience. Well, I do, but it seems to me like people know that the vaccine didn't work. They do know that it's not it, the efficacy rate was bullshit. They know that. Well, I, I tend to I tend to agree with Jason there. The the patients that I talk to on the ambulance, the ones who have um, you know they've been compliant with with even with some of the boosters. Um, a lot of them are falling away. They're just fatigued. They, they're done. Uh, they don't see, um, quote, unquote, COVID as a, as, a, as a danger anymore. So, you know, that's, it's like the boogeyman has lost its power. Hmm. Yeah, my mother got the Johnson & Johnson uh, vaccine, and I even asked her, because she had a bad reaction to some med- meds uh, about seven or eight months ago, and I said, you know, well, Mom, don't get any more boosters while you're still going through this. And she said, oh, I'm done with that. She said, I got the Johnson & Johnson because that was supposed to be the one and done vax. So that's where she is in her mind that, well, why get boosters? Because Johnson, they promised that Johnson Johnson would be the one and done. You know, you know there's, an, there's another thing to look at too, Audi. And, uh, and I saw this while I was still in. The, the people that got the jab, which was almost everybody I worked with, um, they knew it didn't work, but they got it because their job depended on it. And they got the booster, and they said, oh, God, not another booster, you know. Booster is still optional, but they said, I'm just going to get it anyway because they're going to make it mandatory. They don't have any confidence that that stuff works. They don't think it's going to hurt them, though. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. They don't think it's going to hurt them, so they just get it. So when it comes to, like, the mass public noncompliance, I think the problem is that the COVID money went away. And even if people don't think it's going to work, they'll still get it if their job requires it or pushes them to do it. But their job's not pushing them to do it now. So they're like, why would I get something I know doesn't work? I don't think they're looking into the direction of it's going to hurt me, but they're looking into the direction of, oh, it's not mandatory. You know? All right. 
Jason, Jason, that that is spot on. Yeah. You know, people. You know, yeah. I was talking with someone at the gym the other day about this. You know, I'm in my 40s. I do not know a world without vaccines. Um, you know, I got them growing up. I got them going into the military. I got them going into the medical field. Um, I got the Hep B series. Uh, goodness, I, I've taken a lot of vaccines in my time, but I've never taken, as far as I know, anything that was mRNA based. You know, that's a whole different ballgame. And you that know, is not and, the same. and Moderna wasn't even in the vaccine business before they made their first vaccine. They had not made. They a were a venture product. capital business, weren't they? Yes, they survived on press releases only. Unbelievable. Fluffing stocks. They were fluffing stocks up, uh, pump and dump kind of style. And then another thing is Johnson & Johnson had never created a vaccine either. They, they jumped on the bandwagon during this COVID thing. Correct. Well, and their baby powder has been giving females ovarian cancer for generations. You know. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Well, guys, before we lighten it up, because, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm a man of God and I'm optimistic. I think that even with all the evil going on in the world, I just think that the Almighty takes care of those who simply ask him. Uh, you know, you may not be aware of it, but God's people, you do have guardian angels. Some of us have archangels. And really, this world has always been evil. And so that's why we have angels. And that's why faith has can really you can live through all this. And if you have faith, you can live through all this unscathed. And so that's what I want people to be optimistic about. Um, uh, so with that said, what now we also have other things to be concerned about. Uh, I feel now that, the, OK, the COVID maybe was a test to see how much we would comply with their test pilot of the market of beast system, market of beast system. But now they're going to looks like they're going to go with climate now. And it looks like they are going to put Trump back in because he just seemed, even though he's lost a lot of support, he's the only politician that still has a cult-like following that will walk off the edge of the earth for this, for this idiot. So, and he's pushing the freedom cities, which is uh, what we know are the 15-minute cities. He's also pushing the global digital ID, which, of course, he's using the illegal aliens uh, the migrants to justify that. Do you think they're going to win with that? Go ahead, Danny. <laughs> um, man, you know the the cult like following is is right, and that is it's beyond me. Let me I'll share with you um, just a personal story uh, from work. I, the only other coworker, the one I mentioned uh, that refused to comply with the masking and all that stuff. Um, I work with him a lot, you know, because we think alike in a lot of ways, but he is a huge, huge Trump supporter. He is a 45D, 6D chess guy. Um, mm. You know, I was talking with him the other day. He's donated over $1,000 recently to the Trump campaign. And, you know, and... I try and try and try it, and I throw these, you know, what we're talking about, you know, what, what Trump's done. Not what he said. What did, what did he do? Yeah. And, um, you know, it all comes back to, oh, he was, he was tricked. Or oh, he, he trusted the wrong that. people. He had to do that because if he didn't, guess what? If he would have just let one person die, man, they would have, they would have crucified him. Uh you know, yeah, I've heard agree. somebody defend him and say that, well, the reason that Trump rolled it out under emergency basis, if he had rolled it out uh, under ordinary basis, then it would have been made a permanent vaccine and there's nothing he could have done, whereas emergency, if it's an emergency. It's not just that. It's not just that. Ever since Katrina, um, this is what you would consider to be somebody's Katrina event. So if you don't act with uh, complete authoritarianism and act now and save lives, then you're such a horrible person. And that's where the people who, who still follow Trump, they say, well, he had no choice. Because if he didn't do this, then he would have been blamed for everything, you know? Correct. Uh, that's the argument I hear. <laughs> and yeah. I hear they I mean, also just, say that he trusted the wrong people. He's playing 4D yeah. chess. And and I tell people, I said, okay, well, if this, if this one president can be fooled, this many times by this many people, is he really much of a leader? 
Well, here's this. What, what's he's popular for? What's he known for? For saying you're fired and being the boss, right? Right. Um, these people he trusted uh, for the people that play the whole, oh, Trump was duped card. Okay. <laughs> he was their boss. Yeah. He assigned these people. Yeah. He assigned his cabinet. He picked Fauci. He picked Burks. He, you know, the smartest people that he knows and all this other stuff, real smart people. If he knew something was up, he has the ability to say you're fired. He's done it with how many wives? You know, like this guy didn't have a problem getting rid of people. Oh, and I also heard that the I also heard that the purpose of the lockdown was because the white hats were going to uh, use that time to get all the pedophiles out of government and arrest all the human traffickers. And, you know, they say that was I've heard that. That's what the Q people say anyway, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say that sounds cute. To me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, can I can I respond to your question, Audi? Yes, sir. About about the elect. So I don't think it matters who runs or who's elected because the, they're going to guarantee. We don't have elections; we have selections. Yeah. And they make sure that they're going to get somebody in there that at least plays ball. Maybe one will play ball a little faster than the other one, but they know they're going to play ball, and that's the people who get on the ticket. They get on the debates. They'll get the money from the super PACs. Um, but what the real problem is that it doesn't matter who's elected or if they even play ball because by the time this election is over and everybody's been distracted watching the next big game, you know, right now, the, before the big game that we're watching that kept us distracted was Ukraine and then that's petering out. So now they moved over to Israel. Next is going to be the, you know, the election, 2024 elections. Well, by the time that's over, this World Health Organization, um, this draconian emergency you know, declaration that they, they'll have the power to, to make this law across all these countries will be done. And and I want you to just take it a step further. If you're talking, this, this doesn't have to do with pandemics because they've already, like, declared gun violence to be an epidemic, right? They've yeah. declared the CDC tried that, yeah. To be an epidemic. And then you've got this 50 and 5 thing going on, which is supposed to be completed by 2028. It's uh, 50 countries and it was a five years that they're going to get digitized. So they're going to be on board with it. Then they're going to start saying, oh, if you eat cows, that's the carbon, uh, the carbon crisis there. You're, you're causing the, uh, the epidemic of, of climate change because you're eating too much beef. Yeah. You see, it's unending. And it doesn't matter who's elected. It's just a distraction because it's going to be get handed over to a, a government organization to determine what we can and can't do. And it'll be legally binding. Or at least they think they'll say it's legally binding. No, well, we always resist. I, I think that the people are getting to the point where they're going to resist uh, however it takes. But not, I, I think I, I just don't think they're going to win. And I think it's going to be because people just aren't going to participate in, in the bullshit. That, uh, that's what well, I think. Well, if they get enough, enough of the corporations to buy into it, um, they'll starve us out. People will have to participate to feed their families. Well, the electric vehicle, the electric vehicle agenda is already uh, almost tits up. Yeah, that's a good thing. I'm glad that's going on right well, now. Well, and I think we'll see similar uh, failures. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think the establishment is panicking. I, I really do. I think they are in full-on panic mode and uh, it, because no one trusts the media. No one trusts politicians. People are fed up. Pe- uh, homeschooling is just increasing by leaps and bounds. People don't want their kids in the school system anymore. And, and that's really public mass public mistrust is the best weapon we could have against all this. That's what I say. You know, it's funny you should mention homeschooling. This was brought to my attention today by somebody in uh, David Knight's chat. Uh, and it's CBIT uh, vCloud. And this is a, an education, because you're talking about education. And education is the way they get people to go along with this globalist stuff. Right. Right now, they haven't, they haven't been successful enough to, you know, for people like me and you, the propaganda in the media isn't enough. We have common sense. But look at the younger generations, and they'll go along with anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter how. I don't even know what gender I am. Oh, my gosh. You know, uh, but they got this thing they're pushing now, and it's a global repository for schools to use all across the world. It, it allows schools to be lazy, and they could just tap in, and it has their curriculum. It has everything. I can see how they said, uh, sell this. Oh, we're up to date. You don't need to order new books. You know, you don't have to do your own figuring out what the curriculum is. And you know they, what? They and, want a global and, education system. And I wonder because oh. I used to live. I used to live where Handy lives now, and as a black man, I was always uh, irritated 
that in the city of Atlanta, a white person didn't have a prayer of ever becoming mayor of that city. And I just found black people in Atlanta to be extremely hypocritical because every mayor that since I've been alive has been black. They've had some black women, black men, but it's always so that narrow minded liberal attitude has always been off putting to me. But uh, Handy, since you're still in a that I consider that city to be like a, an extremely gay city. Uh, oh, yeah. Do, yeah, yeah. We have a, we are they buying in, are they buying into all this drag queen story time shit? I have not seen that in the suburbs. Um, yeah. What happens downtown, midtown? Uh, I have no idea, man, unless I'm going to Grady and I stay away. Um, you know, I've known a lot of gay folks in Atlanta, and, and I just don't think any of them would be cool with this. I just think that these are government operatives that are doing that, and they're doing it in the name of gay people, and they're trying to make it seem like it's a gay rights issue when really it's a government pedophile agenda. Well, that may be. You know, I, you know, we were talking before. You know, I've I've got some uh, some gay people that are that are acquaintances and friends, and I've never heard them be in support of any of this stuff. Right. Exactly. Okay. Well, gentlemen, what do the three of us have to do to all get together and jam and, and stuff? You, you know, he's got a guitar, uh, Jason. Uh, I know that. So, uh, I, I, <laughs> I think I've seen it in your in your background before, Handy, when you were on one space. No, you've never seen uh, you've never seen my Gibson. Yeah, he texted uh, me uh, a Gibson we, that belonged to his dad. Maybe we talked about it or something. Yeah, we might have talked about it because. And I don't know if you know, Audi, but Handy and I have a background. Uh, yeah, so I found that out. Yeah. I Y'all y'all yeah. go way back. Yeah, yeah way back. Uh, we didn't know it for, you know, we, we were both working with David Knight, kind of like emailing him stuff, tips and stuff, and I did some graphics work. And Anyway, we get to talking to each other. Come to find out, we were in AIT together uh, back in Fort Gordon. At the same time, same drill sergeant, same instructor, same everything. Wow. And, and I knew, yeah, and I, there was something going on that I don't know if Andy wants to share it or not, but he had to stand up against some uh, pretty authoritarian uh, BS crap that he stood up, and I'm glad he did. It left an impression on me. But when we got to talking about it in person here years and years later, you know, 20 years later or whatever, I was like, you're that guy, man. <laughs> Holy guy. crap. And, yeah. Meant to be. Meant yeah, to Yeah, it was, you know, for the for the audience, it was a uh, breach of contract. Um, I had something in my contract that they refused to honor. And the only reason I joined, that was that was the reason I joined, because the, the uh, recruiter got that in the contract. And I was like, cool, awesome. It was to have my wife join me uh, at AIT and live off base. Well, he didn't tell me what the actual rules were so when i get there surprise we're not honoring that so <laughs> me and the me and the military buttheads i should have handled it differently I, I admit that i could have handled it differently but what's done is done and i ended up with a uh, general i don't know is there a wrong way but, is there a wrong way to stand up for yourself i don't think so yeah you know there were Audi. yeah i guess you know jason you know, you you were an advocate for your soldiers. Um, I just didn't have that. I had nobody. Um, yeah, at the time, you know, I didn't know you at the time, and, and I don't know that you were in that position at the time. You know, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, I just I just know that when, you know, you have a pregnant wife and uh, they don't have a place to live. Um, yeah, yeah, she was pretty much homeless. Yeah. Awful. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do, so. Man, that's terrible. Well, well, gentlemen, I hope that uh, we can all uh, be together at, uh, at the same time and, and fellowship and, and get along and have a couple of beers or whatever. And, uh, but I'm, I'm proud to know you. And again, I want to thank you guys for welcoming me into your, uh, your sphere. You know, it, it's funny how all this just kind of happened at once. You know, it's like all of a sudden I have now all these distant brothers, you know, Jason and, and Angus and Angry Tire, Tiger and now Handy. Uh, it, it, it's, it's wonderful. And uh, I'm truly, truly proud to, to know you guys. And I hope that the, uh, you guys will do my podcast again. But we really need to see about all of us either meeting in Tennessee and maybe we can all meet David Knight or, you know, we'll uh, go out to Missouri uh, or w w Georgia. You know, just we, we all got to we all just need to 
have that, that, that uh, brotherly fellowship, you know, because times are getting crazy, you know, and it's very healthy to be around like-minded people in crazy times. Yeah, I was, um, I was disappointed that so Gerald Salenti's <laughs> peace thing was in New York, and David went that way. I'm glad he went, but I'm not going to New York. So <laughs> uh, David Knight went to uh, Gerald Salenti's peace rally, peace thing? He did a couple years ago, yeah. Yeah, I smoke um, at it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I gotta look for that. Holy crap, that's interesting. I, I was so, just watching so Billy Ray, Billy Ray uh, from America Unplugged. He just hosted Free World New York City, and um, I really, really wanted to go to that. But we had some stuff here that we had to stick around for. Uh, we're, we're going through some legal, not not yeah. criminal or anything, but we're we're doing a custody thing, so yeah. we can't can't really take off in case he needs us for something. So I wasn't able to go. But a lot of people went down and they did exactly what you're talking about. They got together. Uh, I think they went to a, a Mets game or something together. Uh, Tony Yardburn was there. David Knight. Was David Knight there? I don't, I don't think he was there, was he? Uh, I can't remember if David Knight went. Wow. But a lot of the people, when Angus Mustang went, um, yeah, it was a good thing. So you, well, it's doable because it, they've done it. In know? Tennessee, they just had something that Ryan Christian uh and a lot of podcast folks, uh, big names in the podcast community had right here in Nashville. But I didn't go to that because, you know, there are a couple of people there involved with it that I'm not speaking to anymore. And I, well, be honest with you, I think they're fucking feds, to be honest with you. You know, so I just don't want to get wrapped up in all that. But something like that did happen here. So it is no, nice to know that things like that do happen here. Uh, but you know, without I'm sure Jason, you know what I'm talking about. Not everyone in our little podcast community, not was, all of them were kosher, you know. I, I was going to ask you that question. I know it's your show, but I did want to ask you. Yeah, because it's come up. The conversations come up between me and Angry Tiger about this same topic that we talked about, and I'll talk to another third person about it that they see the same trend. That as soon as you start gaining a little traction, yeah. Um, Get, you know, becoming popular enough to get your your voice is actually being heard by more than a dozen people or whatever. Um, people just kind of get introduced into your life conveniently. Yep. And and uh, if you pay attention to their actions, um, I, I mean, what do you think the rate is? Like, if you let's get a podcast, like I do a podcast, Tiger does a podcast, you do your radio, your shows. Out of a hundred people that just randomly pop into your life. What percentage of those do you think have ulterior motives, whether they be a Fed or maybe their competition? Uh, that it, it, I you? think it just depends on who the target is. Uh, the person okay. who I think is a Fed uh, used to live in Oregon, moved all the way from Oregon to Nashville, less than a mile from where I live. And then we, I invite him to go to this Homestead Festival and he brings some Forrest Gump-looking motherfucker who I'm positive is a fed, and he ends up getting a place less uh, than a block from my mother. And then uh, we drive to East Tennessee for this event, and this guy, you know, he is, uh, he's clean and sober now, but he's also a felon. Well, I didn't find out until after we got to the event that he has all these guns and ammo in my car. Now, I don't have a problem with that. I believe in the Second Amendment. But for a felon to have that in his possession, that could have very severe legal consequences. So he didn't tell me until after we were there that he had all this shit in my car and he kept wanting to drive my car. It was, and I feel like he wanted to find some way to get us pulled over. The cop asked if they have, if I have weapons or whatever in my car. I say no, and then it turns out they violate my Fourth Amendment right, and then they see all these guns. And then and Scott, who I said his name, but the guy is a fucking felon. That could get me in trouble for being with a felon with guns. And the person whose uh, homestead property that we went to had been previously targeted by the government before, including having photos of his children in the crosshairs of a gun being mailed to him. So I think that guy was the target. And and so, but like I said, it took me a month to figure all this shit out. You know, um, my station is a music station. So that's why I don't really think it was necessarily me. I think it was the person who who uh, owns the homestead because this guy he's old he's an OG uh he protested the Iraq war you know he is an agorist and he does not like the cops 
So that, that, that's what happened. Oh, and another thing of, that was weird. When we went to this Homestead Festival, they were both late as hell getting started. It's a Friday afternoon. It was like they were just trying to make us late, you know. And the guy uh, comes to my car, and he wants to give me a walkie-talkie. I'm like, uh, no, I don't need that. He says, oh, yeah, man, you need it for road tripping. You really, really need this for road tripping. I said, no, we all three have phones. Why do I need a damn walkie-talkie? That's okay. Then the guy walks around to the driver's side, the passenger side of my car and just throws the walkie-talkie in the floorboard of my car. I'm like, did this motherfucker really just do this? So now my friend, who I, the one I invited, comes back from the store, and I say, hey, man, this guy's like trying to get me to keep this walkie-talkie. He says, yeah, man, you need it for road tripping. He said the exact same thing as the other guy. I said, but I said, we all have phones and reliable mobile service. Why do we need a walkie-talkie? So I, so I just gave up. I said, you know what? Fine. Keep it in the car. But you remember how I told you how guardian angels? I do. So we finally get on the interstate, and he starts, and he goes to use his walkie-talkie the first time, and he goes, and the walkie-talkie goes, it went dead just like that. <laughs> so the thing just crashed and burned before he could ever use it. And I think that was my guardian angels once again looking out for me. That's funny. That's awesome. Y'all weren't expecting to hear that story today, were you? Okay. <laughs> no. So. No, that, that is classic. That is classic strategy, though. If, if you were not just for a Fed, but for anybody, if I wanted to infiltrate a group. And I just show up conveniently saying, hey, I, you know, I know you don't know me, but I, I'm exactly like you. Well, I knew, I knew, well, I knew the guy uh, from the, uh, from the podcast that he used to host in Oregon, but he fell out uh, with his two co-hosts. So he decides to move. To, but I figure what well, the reason he moved to Nashville is because, you know, that's where Ryan Christian is. And Ryan Christian rolled out the red carpet for this guy. But I'm not so sure they're connected so much anymore. But so yeah, well, it's just very strange. If I wanted to get into a place, I would try to find a way to get, uh, yeah. you know, one. It's kind of like one one layer away. Very good somebody. point. So let's see. Yeah, let's say my target. Uh, you know, my target's going to suspect me. I don't know the target, but I know somebody that knows the target, and they kind of know me. And then I, I, I get more credibility when you introduce us. Yeah, and, and they do that a lot. You know, and you know, so. I won't name names here. You know, but I'm sure. Uh, Handy will know who I'm talking about, but the person that, ang- that Angry Tiger told me about, I had already, because I have a pretty good gift of discernment as well, and I had already kind of gotten weird vibes about this person. So when Angry Tiger told me about this guy, I'm like, well, that explains it, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I know you're talking about it, and I got the same vibes as well. So. Yeah, it was his Guys, way. I'm oblivious, so you'll have to tell me later. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to say it. Well, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if we're talking about the same guy, but I would say that in the podcasting world, when you talk about what we talk about, um, if you go search a person out, you're probably pretty safe to talk to them. But if a person searches you out, it's a high likelihood that there's nefarious motives behind it. Um, they're, they're either going to be a fed, uh, and, they, and they're not, they don't necessarily want to put you in jail, but if you're saying if you're spitting truth out there and you're using factual documentation, they're going to try to get someone to come on and you interview them, and they're going to make they're going to basically poison the well and discredit all. Yeah, the what, what they want to what they want to do is get you in some sort of legal trouble so that you may not go to jail, but you'll work out a deal to start you know providing information yeah. and intel for people that they're interested in. Because well, you know, even if they don't go that route, if they don't go that route and get you in legal trouble, they can completely discredit you by having you report something that's known known to be false. Right. So you, you bring someone on, and then it just all your good information. Uh, it's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. You did one bad report. Uh, you had one guy on, and that's why David Knight walked. You know, when he got fired, but um, that's why he got in, in a headbutt with Alex Jones on Infowars because they put somebody on his program. It was going to discredit uh, David's, you know, uh, what do you call it, integrity. Yeah. And David yep. didn't go along with it. Yep. So, you know, they do that on purpose. They want, they want your integrity destroyed. So then, you know, and then at that point, they can try to, like, use you as an asset. Or they just, just let you go because they say, well, no one's going to take this guy seriously no more. Yep. You and know? the government has never liked black people like me. Uh, you know, what got Fred yeah. Hampton of the uh, Black Panthers murdered it wasn't that he was this radical guy who believed in the Second Amendment and all that. It was when he started uh, 
joining forces with actual um, uh, like uh, it was some white pro white organization or whatever. He was able to let them know, hey, it's I'm not your enemy. It's the system that's against us. So the government has never really liked black people who can, you know, get along with uh, people of, you know, I've always been able to get along with people from the South, gay, straight, old, young. I, I have something in common with everybody. So, uh, and, but I think it's the fact that I know so many content creators that that is what makes me very suspicious of new people that come into my life. I'm, I am very, very, very cautious about who I bring into my life now because uh, you don't have to be a Julian Assange for the government to uh, have a problem with you. They, they, they'll go after anybody. Yeah, I agree. Handy, yeah, I, I hope we haven't scared the living hell out of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I want to remind everybody, just, um, you know, look at a pack of rat poison. You know, the inert ingredients, the good stuff, 99 point, I'm looking at it now, 99.9975% inert. But the poison, yeah, zero point zero zero two five percent. But that zero zero point two five percent is deadly, and that's the way they operate. Yep, they throw in that little bit. Yeah. Hmm. Very good that's point. That's a great analogy, Andy. That is great an analogy. excellent. I I think we should end it on that point right there. All right, uh, Martin Retro Radio listeners. I hope uh, I haven't uh, completely crushed your will to live. Uh, but isn't it better? It's better to be informed than to be oblivious. So, and the waking up process takes years, you know, and the reason it takes years is because it just takes forever to connect all the dots. But like I always tell people, the people in that television box, they are lying to you. These social media influencers, especially those who have millions and millions of followers, they are deceiving you. Use your own discernment. Question everything. Just because people in the on the View and MSNBC, these are millionaires protecting billionaires who are protecting trillionaires. So just look at it that way, and they all serve the devil. Believe in the Almighty, trust in your angels, and you'll be all right. Any parting words, guys? Uh, thanks for having us on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Audi. It was great to meet you. All righty, you guys stay on the line and. Uh, well, folks, this was the Audi Podcast, and we are not going to, we're just going to roll out with our regular music. We'll see y'all.